When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Welcome to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, in this episode, we're going to go over the Bengals-Falcons preseason game number two. We're going to talk about the roster, and we're also going to talk about some headlines. What's up, guys? This is Evan McPherson, and you're listening to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Cincinnati Bengals fans, I would like to introduce Frank LaPlaca. Two preseason games in the books. All the starters are healthy. You know Joe Burrow is going to be ready for week one. Now we just keep our eye on the final roster battles, and we buckle up for September 10th. All right, so preseason game number two, a 13-13 tie between the Bengals and the Falcons. No one likes a tie game. It's just not the way the NFL is played. But for the preseason, you don't want to have to play into overtime, extra quarter, risk injury. So it makes total sense. One of the big themes from this preseason that I want to say, and I know we had the injury to Joe Burrow, and that is something that's very major. The most important player did get injured, but I'm sure he's going to be back for week one. There's really no doubt about that. But if you look at these first two games, there's hardly been any injuries. You have Tanner Hudson with the concussion, And then you had Joe Bocci with the collarbone, and then he ended up getting better. I mean, there's a couple hamstring pulls, things like that. But no starters are injured right now. We haven't had anybody tear a knee or blow out a shoulder or anything crazy like that. So I don't want to jinx ourselves heading into week three of the preseason. But so far, so good. It's really been a healthy preseason for the Bengals. All right, so let's talk about this game. And I want to bring up a major concern of mine heading into the season. And I don't want to blow the fire alarm right now, but there is something that I did want to talk to you guys about. So we have the Falcons' first team, and they moved the ball pretty well on our first team defense, which when I saw everybody in there, Reader and Logan Wilson and and the whole crew, I was like, oh, we're going to bury these guys. It's going to be three and out at best. And they sustained a 10-minute drive and headed all the way down to the goal line. I know Mike Hilton had the big play, the tipped ball that went to Osai for the interception. So we ended up stalling that drive, and I guess on paper it looked good because they didn't score on that opening drive, but it was a little concerning the way they marched downfield. Now, when you take a closer look at that drive and what happened, it wasn't DJ Reader getting beat. It wasn't Hendrickson and Hubbard not doing their job. It wasn't the linebackers. What really happened, and this is my concern, it was Nick Scott. And I don't want to point fingers right away. He's a new player. It's, again, preseason, his first game with us. You don't want to start just saying, oh, this is a disaster. But it was a little concerning because there were four different plays in this drive where they were kind of on Nick Scott. Two times he blew his assignment covering someone in the flat. He had a missed tackle. Another play, he got blocked out of it. If you take away those four plays, I don't know if that drive would have continued down the field. So... I hate to point the finger. If any of the players are listening, don't get mad at me. But 
Nick Scott was responsible for that for that drive and and it worried me a little bit because we've had Von Bell for the last couple years and you kind of take it for granted all the big plays that he made in the box out of the box all over the field and now you try to replace him with Nick Scott not quite the player that Von Bell is I'm not saying Nick Scott is a bad player the Bengals obviously believed in him to bring him in and to anoint him the starter but these four plays were a little distressing and I just don't want to see any liabilities because you look at the way Dax Hill has played so far. And although he's not at a Jesse Bates level right now, you're seeing like, all right, he's not going to be a liability. Unless teams really scheme up things crazy, the way he's playing right now, I'm feeling pretty confident in Dax Hill. But this Nick Scott thing definitely did alarm me. And you see that Jordan Battle isn't quite ready yet. You know, we want to put him in that role. He's at a good camp. But I can't see him totally stepping in right now and becoming as effective as Avon Bell. So that's my concern going into the season. I don't want to have one weak spot on the defense that teams are going after and that makes us more vulnerable because we're loaded on the defensive side of the ball. Every position, the defensive line is stacked. The linebackers are stacked. I believe that we have enough good corners. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But it could just take one subpar player on the back end, and that could really hurt you, especially when he's the last line of defense. So let's hope that this is not the norm with Nick Scott. Let's hope it was a little bit of rust and hopefully he gets coached up, realizes what he did wrong. I, I know the coaching staff is not going to let this go. When they hit the film room, they're going to see what happened in this game. Hopefully it's correctable. Nick Scott, I am pulling for you. This is not a criticism of you, and I'm not rooting against you. We need you very much this season, and we just need to do better than we did on the first drive in this game. All right, other notes. So when we went up 12-10 with that late touchdown, I'm almost thinking go for two there. Make it a 14-10 game or a 12-10 game to avoid the tie. I know you don't want to have a loss there, but I think it would have been a nice time to go for two and then force the Falcons to head downfield and try to score a touchdown if we were up 14-10. to 10. When it was 13-10, to 10, I swear, I was just like, you know what, they're going to find a way to backdoor a field goal and tie this game, and that's exactly what happened. So who cares? Preseason game doesn't matter. But if I was coaching the Bengals, I would have went for two at that point to try to go up by four points. Other good news, we had four sacks for us and one sack against us. If that trend continues into the regular season, we're going to be unstoppable. And then one more area of concern is Miles Murphy. You know, he had that subpar first game. I was so anxious to see what he was going to do this game. And he had, quote-unquote, an undisclosed illness and didn't travel with the team and didn't play in this game. So, so far, a little bit of a rocky preseason for our first-round draft choice. Right, they're trying him at special teams as opposed to bragging about how good of a defensive end he is. He had a pretty rough showing in game one where everyone was all over him, and you know, rightfully so, unfortunately. And then he doesn't play preseason game number two. It's early, anything can happen, but let's pull back a little bit on Miles Murphy right now and not assume that he's just going to come in there and have a five, six sack season. This could be kind of like a red shirt intern season for him. But we'll see what happens. It's early. And, you know, as the season goes by, maybe he doesn't contribute for the first handful of games. But maybe as injuries come about and players wear down near the end, maybe he comes in week 12 fresh and, you know, he develops his game a little bit by practicing all year at a high level and he does something for us. So as of right now, a little concerning about Miles Murphy. But what can you say after really two preseason games? And as far as transactions go, there haven't been many. Mitchell Wilcox was brought up off the PUP list. So he'll be practicing with the team and fighting in what has now appeared to be a pretty crowded tight end room. So we'll see what happens with Mitchell Wilcox. All right, so let's talk about the game and the position groups and some of the individual players. So quarterback, 
I'm really concerned about backup quarterback. In addition to Nick Scott, Miles Murphy, I guess those are the two things that are weighing most heavily on my mind. This backup quarterback situation is a little bit alarming at this point. We've only had one touchdown drive, and that was against third-string guys late in the game, and a lot of those third-string defenders for the Falcons were blowing contain, and that's why Browning was just able to march downfield and you know have a lot of yards on the ground with no one on him. So that wasn't necessarily Browning being great with his legs, although he has very good mobility. There were some pretty heavy defensive mistakes on that drive. So as of now, we've had one touchdown drive and a handful of field goal drives. I mean, Simeon had 62 passing yards. Simeon was a little off accuracy-wise. Browning had some bad misses, a bad judgment on INT, and a lot of Browning's completions were to slot guys. Now, I know it sounds like I'm getting on these guys, but I'm very concerned about it. We assumed that Joe Burrow was going to play 21 games and win the Super Bowl for us, but Joe has already gotten injured. So if that calf acts up during the season and he needs to come out a little bit here and there or maybe sit a game, and you know, hopefully that's the last thing in the world that's going to happen, I'm just concerned about the guys that are going to go in because this is a, this is a real year for us. This is a year that we have a very good shot for the Super Bowl. If you look at the defense, the skill position players, just we're loaded everywhere. The Chiefs might have come down a little bit. The Bills aren't as hot as they used to be. This is our year, and I don't want to see anything bad happen. And, and you know, we have to have Browning or Simeon go in for a week or two, and then it hurts like home field advantage or, or even worse. But I'm looking. I looked at the free agency list. There's no one out there unless we go for like a Carson Wentz we try to pull Matt Ryan out of the old folks' home. I mean, there's really not a lot there unless we decide to make some kind of trade or if someone waves a quarterback. But we're kind of going to be riding with this as our quarterback room, and I think it's going to be Joe Burrow, and I think it's going to be Jake Browning as the number two. We'll see what happens. As of right now, I'm a little bit concerned because if you're not able to punch in the ball into the end zone against second and third teamers, how are you going to do that against the Steelers' defense and all these you know, great defenses that we're going to be facing this year. All right, on to running back, Chase Brown, Chris Evans. Not a lot on the ground, but there weren't many holes to run through. So kind of an incomplete grade there. We really couldn't get much going in the run game. Evans is still a threat out of the backfield, though. He had the one nice reception, and you put that guy in space, I think that's just his strength. So we're hopefully going to use him in that capacity. And then if we're going to be breaking down the roster and who's making the team, it's looking like it's going to be Mixon as the one. Chase Brown as the two, Travion as the three, and Chris Evans as the four. I'm thinking that's the way it's going to go right now. The other two guys, I don't even think they have a carry at this point. Wide receivers, Yoshivas, four more catches, a nice back shoulder catch. He just continues to shine. He is definitely going to make this roster, and I just really can't wait to see him catch a few passes from Joe Burrow. You know, everyone's sleeping on him. They're double-teaming Chase. They're double-teaming Higgins. They Maybe they're... they're chipping Boyd at the line and they have a little help in the slot and those guys aren't open and all of a sudden Yoshivas just comes down with like an 18-yard reception for a big first down on a third down. Charlie Jones was running some nice routes and had four catches. I think in my last episode I was a little premature thinking that he was hurt and we weren't going to get much out of him this year because he looked pretty good. I'd like to see him break a few more tackles out there but four really good catches out of the slot and good productivity so it's nice to see that he's showing up and he will make the roster. Trenton Irwin, he showed toughness again. You just cannot not like this guy. He made a reception and then they blew the whistle and then he got tagged pretty bad after the whistle. You know, a lot of guys would have went down and he just kind of smiled and flipped the ball to the ref. So, you know, don't let the long blonde hair fool you. This guy is a baller 
and he's another one. He's going to have a very good season this year. It's going to be hard to keep him in the long term because he's going to command more money than we're going to be able to give him. But let's have a great season out of Trenton Irwin this year. Shed Jackson looked very sharp out of the slot and fast. I think he's got 4-2-7 speed, if I'm not mistaken. He had that really nice catch and run. He had a high point catch, even though he's not that big. Definitely a practice squad candidate out of all the undrafted rookie receivers. He is clearly running circles around everyone, and they are not going to let this guy leave the building. So wide receiver, it's going to be a tough call for the coaching staff. Obviously, you have Chase Higgins and Boyd, and you have Trenton Irwin as four. You're keeping Yoshivas, and you're keeping Charlie Jones. That's six right there. They're probably going to stick with seven. So you have Stanley Morgan fighting for that special teams position. Kwame Lasseter's played well. Shed Jackson's playing well. Trent Taylor will give you production if he's in the lineup. So it's going to be a really big fight for that number seven job. And whoever doesn't make it, hopefully they can retain the other two to the practice squad, two or three guys. And you can't sleep on Lasseter. It's like, how many receivers can you have? It just seems like I'm confident in all of these guys. And it's going to be really hard to keep them all in the building. So that's the way it goes. When you're a good roster and put together as well as this team, you're going to say goodbye to some players that are going to go elsewhere and be productive. But you can't keep everybody. That's the rules of the game. Tight end, I thought Devin Asiasi picked up right where he left off. Excellent with the blocking. Drew Sample had that nice catch and run early. And this is another room that I thought was going to be very thin. Now I don't really know what we're going to do with it. So you're going to have Herb, you're probably going to keep three. You're going to have Herb Smith Jr. making the team. You're going to have Drew Sample making the team. Does Drew Sample making the team mean that Asiasi is now going to be a practice squad candidate? Because they're both kind of similar, mostly blocking tight ends. Because you have Tanner Hudson, who they're really high on, and he looked great in the first game, and he looked great in camp. So you have at least four guys there for three positions, and then you have Mitchell Wilcox coming in to make the, the decision even tougher. So good problems to have when you have more good players than you can keep, but we're not going to be able to keep them all, and because of the quality at other positions, they're only going to keep three tight ends. Hopefully, if Asiasi's the odd man out, he goes to the practice squad. I'm sure they can sneak Tanner Hudson on the practice squad. And Mitchell Wilcox, you know, we'll see what happens there. Offensive line, Trey Hill looked good. And they, they're they doing everything they can to give Max Sharping that job because he plays all three positions. And I didn't think that Sharping looked as good as Hill. I think Hill is really fighting for his job, coming into his own. And I don't know how you get him off the roster at this point. Jonah played just about a dozen snaps at right tackle and looked good. So it was nice to see him knock the rust off. Nice to see the knees look pretty healthy. He had some good mobility. And Jonah Williams is going to be the right tackle. They said he beat out Jackson Carmen, so we're going to roll with Jonah. We're going to hope that he rejuvenates his career on the right side. And we have Lyle Collins coming in as a reinforcement in week six, seven, or right around there if Jonah does falter. Jackson Carmen played the whole game again. They're really trying to get him work, mostly at left tackle, where he pretty much held his own, played right tackle a little bit at the end there. He did let up a sack. If you have to pin a sack on someone, it was kind of on him. I I mean, he held his guy for long enough, but the sack does go against Carmen. He had a holding call, but aside from that, he did look pretty good. I know those are two very negative plays, but I think he's playing very well. And if anything were to happen to Orlando Brown, I'm confident that Jackson Carmen can come in and do what he did last playoff run. So we're in pretty good shape, at least at the left tackle position, and right tackle is going to play itself out. We have enough guys there where hopefully one of them works out. Jackson Kirkland, one of the big stories of training camp. I talked about him last week. He didn't have a great game, and this game he didn't have a great game either. So he's been practicing well. In the two preseason games, he's been underachieving a little bit. He's still adjusting. He's only played two games in the NFL, 
but I saw him get overpowered a little bit. And it might not just be a strength issue. It could be a leverage issue, which I've talked about in the past. When you're 6'7", 6'8", you get some of those guys that get underneath you, and it's a leverage issue. And, you know, he did get overpowered a couple times. So hopefully that's correctable. It's a crowded offensive line room at this point, too, though. Cody Ford, another false start out of him. So we just want to make sure that his concentration is up there. The coaches said that he played a good game. I thought he played a decent game, a little up and down, but he's another one that they're really pushing to make the roster because he could play both sides, he could play guard, and he could play tackle. And I thought Deontay Smith played a pretty good game as well. They're saying that he's been playing the best since he's entered the building. So where does that leave us at offensive line? You have the five starters. You have Jackson Carmen as, as a definite, as six. And what do you have? They, is it Trey Hill versus Max Sharping? Deontay Smith probably belongs in the building. Cody Ford, they're going to want to keep around. Now, there might not be room for Jackson Kirkland, although he is someone you could sneak to the practice squad. But you see that there's some issues here on who they're going to keep. You can't keep them all. So you're going to, again, have some decent players that are going to end up on the practice squad or end up on other teams. All right, on to the defense. We'll start with defensive line and Remember that I said this two episodes ago, Raymond Johnson. I said whenever he gets in there, he plays well. He had a great preseason last year, and he's taken it to another level. He had a sack. He had several pressures. He had a tackle for a loss. This guy has to make the team in some way. You have to honor the spirit of competition. It just can't be names on a, on a page, right? But obviously, they're not going to take Raymond Johnson over Miles Murphy. But right now, Raymond Johnson is playing light years ahead of Miles Murphy. But you go back to a few years back when they had Randy Bullock versus Jake Elliott for the kicking job, and Bullock beat him out in preseason, and they honored that, and they they got Bullock, and then Jake Elliott turned out to be a better kicker in the long run. So it's unfortunate for Raymond Johnson. You can't play any better than he's played, and he still might not make the active roster. He still might be on the practice squad or worse. I think, actually, if they try to sneak him on the practice squad, somebody's going to grab him at this point because defensive ends are a premium in this league. Tupo had a great game. Sample had a great game. Zach Carter, if you look, he looks like he put on some weight because he, I thought he was a little undersized to play the three technique. And I don't know what the media guide says, but it, if you look at him physically, he looks a little bit bigger, a little bit heavier, and I think that's good for the position he plays. And he's had a good camp so far, and he had a good game this game. Joseph Osai with the sack and the heads-up interception, very active out there all over the field. Dominique Davis, another guy. How do you keep all these guys? It's hard to cut a guy who's playing so well. Davis continues to be active. It's just a numbers game. There's too many guys in front of him. You have your readers, your Hill, Zach Carter, Tupo. There's just a lot of guys in front of him. It's going to be really hard for him to make the squad. Owen Carney, he had a big sack that actually saved three points and he almost had another he almost had two sacks in this game and he's someone he is definitely not going to make the roster with all the defensive ends in front of him Hubbard Hendrickson Osai Miles Murphy they're not going to get rid of Raymond Johnson's got to be high on that list Cam Sample I mean that's six right there you know where does Owen Carney fit in at this point and then where does Jeffrey Gunter fit in now that's seven that's eight that's like eight defensive ends that have proven that they can make the roster I thought Gunter has been active in both games They were playing him inside and outside. Again, great problems to have when you have more good players than you have room for. But it's a shame that some of these guys are going to leave the building because, A, I'm getting attached to them because they're Bengals, and, B, they're playing well. On to linebacker, Marcus Bailey has been outstanding in both games. He had a pressure. He almost had the two interceptions in this game, so Marcus, we're going to get on the jugs machine again. 
but legitimately, he was all over the field, and it looks like the light is really coming on for him. And I say that about linebackers. First year or two, you don't always see it. It took Jermaine Pratt till about year three to be dominant. It took Logan Wilson midway through year two to be dominant. Marcus Bailey, been a backup, not had the playing time of those guys, but here he is year four looking like he could be a starting linebacker for us, which is great to see. Akeem Davis-Gaither played some snaps. He was productive and rangy as always. Keandre Jones got credited for the sack when the quarterback slid before the line of scrimmage. So again, on the stat sheet, it's a sack. In reality, it was a quarterback you know, taking a dive before he got hit by Keandre. Either way, he was the first guy there. And then you had Joe Bocci playing some spirited special teams as usual. So another room. What do you have here? You have Pratt, Logan Wilson, Bailey, Akeem Davis-Gaither. Those are definites to make the roster. And now you have Keandre Jones battling Joe Bocci. We didn't see much of Shaka Hayward. I, they never seemed to bring in Moody, so I don't know what's going on with the other guys, but it looks like it's going to be Keandre Jones versus Joe Bocci at this point, and it's going to be who dominates more on special teams. I think we can't go wrong with either one of them, to be honest, and I think we could slide the other one onto the practice squad as well. But I keep saying slide these veterans onto the practice squad. You only have a limited amount of players that have been in the league over two years that you could put on the practice squad, but right now that's like calculus to me. Let's just focus on who's going to make it and when the smoke clears, we're going to see who we can bring back. All right, on to corner. Cam Taylor-Britt looked excellent again, excellent with the tackling. He's picking up right where he left off. It looks like he's going to not have a sophomore slump. He's going to have a very good season, and he's going to be patrolling that left corner spot for us. Mike Hilton had great coverage. I know he let up that one pass, that little slant slash post down the middle, but aside from that, he even had good coverage on that play. But I thought otherwise, you didn't even hear his name because he was covering so well. And then when they go at him near the end zone, he tips up the ball for an INT. He's become a leader on this defense, and I think he's poised to have another great season. And it's coming at the right time in our Super Bowl run year. Jalen Davis, I've always liked him. He had a rough time with Scotty Miller this game, but he's definitely going to make the roster. DJ Ivy had the game-ending pass breakup. And PFF had him ranked very highly. But I saw him get beat a couple times. So, you know, you can't always go by those PFF rankings. Like, I actually watched the game, rewound a bunch of plays, and I was like, ah, Ivy's, you know, taking his lumps. He's, it's not his best game. And then they had him as, like, our best pass coverage guy in this game. I don't know. I don't know. It's, maybe it's just the plays that I don't see that boost up these guys' ratings. But I thought that he struggled a little bit. But, again, these are good lessons for a young player with not high expectations. He's a seventh rounder. Anything that we can get out of him is going to be helpful. So let him take his lumps in these preseason games. And, you know, maybe he's not going to be out there on an island this season for the most part. But hopefully down the road he develops into a player that gets in that corner rotation and provides depth and someone that we can rely on. And then the other DJ, DJ Turner, he was impressing with the tackling. I thought he was a little bit undersized, and I thought that tackling would be an issue. But he's laying hits, and he's a sure tackler out there. And I think he's playing well coverage-wise. But I think if is not ready week one, and we're going to have DJ Turner at the right corner position, teams are going to be going after him heavily. So I don't want to see week one if we have Nick Scott not playing up to par and DJ Turner with a learning curve. That could be a little bit disastrous against the Browns team. I don't want to see Deshaun Watson light anybody up on this. I want to really just put away the Browns week one and take care of business. But I have no doubts that DJ Turner is going to have a good career for us. He's going to be a starting level corner. It's just very early in the game for him. I just don't want him to get exposed too early and have any kind of confidence blown or cost the team any victories because of, his, of a learning curve there. Safety I talked about at the top of the show. Dax Hill is looking great. 
and I just want to make sure that the strong safety situation gets figured out. You know, with Nick Scott, hopefully he is what we expect, and hopefully Jordan Battle gets up to speed right away. Mike Thomas is doing everything he can to make this roster, and how do you get rid of him? How do you get rid of Tyson Anderson? That There it is right there. One of those guys is probably not going to make it, and that's a great player that's going to leave the building. And the fact that they traded up for Tyson Anderson last year and he had such a good first preseason game, they're looking for Tyson Anderson to really excel on special teams so they can let Mike Thomas go, even though he's a captain and a great locker room presence. I really don't know how this is going to play out, and I'm not sure that you're going to get Anderson on the practice squad if you do waive him. So another very tough decision for the coaching staff. Special teams, Chris Evans looked good in space with that really nice kick return. They gave Chase Brown some action there. He didn't get much yardage and his limited chances, but it's hard to return kicks these days with the new rules. McPherson, another 50-yarder right down the middle, high into the net. Would have been good from 60, so he is looking like he's in midseason form and he's going to win some games for us this year. Brad Robbins is going to be the starting punter, and I think he's going to be an asset for this team. He had the 52-yard punt from the goal line, but again, that looks better on paper than it did live because it was a little bit of a shanked short punt, but he got a great roll out of it. Then he put another one inside the 20. We had Drew Christman back in action, which is nice that he recovered from the head injury and gets to not only fight for this job, but audition for other teams at the same time. Because face it, we're not wishing bad on any of these players. So Drew Christman, probably not going to be a Bengal this season. And if no one takes him, then he's on the street if something happens to Robbins. And if someone takes him, he gets to continue his career elsewhere. So that's it. One more preseason game to go. And then a little bit of a week off. And then it's week one, and we're right back in it. Bengals football is here. Next episode, I'm going to talk about the roster, kind of like I did today, but just deeply on who's going to make it, who's not, and why, and who should make it, who's not. I'm going to start diving into the calculus of the practice squad. Probably not going to dwell on the Washington game too much because it's the third preseason game. You know, We'll talk about some of the highlights from it. But the next episode is going to be strictly focused on this roster, and that's one of my favorite things to do. That'll do it for this episode. I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool highlights, really cool music. Definitely something you should check out. Thank you for listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The unofficial Bengals podcast.